What is up, podcast community? My name is Michael Chernow, and this is the Creatures of Habit podcast. Habits are everything, and on this show, I will be interviewing some of the most inspiring, motivated, and high-performing humans on the planet to learn about the daily habits, routines, and rituals that help keep them focused, determined, on top of their game, and ultimately, happy. My journey from the depths of addiction and misery to success as a family man and serial entrepreneur was only made possible by replacing bad habits with great ones. And my mission in life today is to share that story and the story of others with you to bring value and life-changing tools to as many people as possible. So sit back, relax, and pay attention because what you hear in this podcast today can potentially change your life. Let's go. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Creatures of Habit podcast. And yes, I'm rocking a stash. I'm rocking a stash. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. It is November, and I am doing the Movember thing. <laughs> Hate me if you choose or not. Uh, today, I've got a guest on the podcast that I'm really, really excited about. I am, as many of you know, uh, a man of faith. Uh, I believe in uh, the universe and a power greater than myself that really has helped propel my life uh, in many, 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 many ways. And so um, I've got Tim Timberlake on the show today who is um, at the helm of Celebration Church. He is a pastor. He is a father. He is a husband. Um, and, uh, and we're going to talk about what you guys came to listen to about habits and routines and rituals, yeah. and um, and and we're gonna we're gonna connect on on uh, on faith because I think uh, it's what's it's it's really at the core of what's given me the life I have today, mm. which I'm grateful for. So Tim, welcome to the show, man. Man, super honored, Michael. Thanks for having me on Creatures of Habit, man. Hell yeah! Why don't you just give us a little a little background on you? Yeah, so I grew up in the backwoods of North Carolina in a metropolitan city that you've probably never heard of called Creedmoor. Mm -hmm. And uh, the population is about 2,000 people. And uh, watched my parents um, grow something pretty incredible in the middle of nowhere. And uh, they were church planters and planted a church that started off with nine people and ended up growing it to about 12,000. And in 1997, my dad got diagnosed with terminal throat cancer for the next five years, just fighting for his life and went to get this kind of, at the time, an experimental surgery where they removed a quarter of his tongue to try to save and spare his life. But when they took a quarter of his tongue, he was no longer able to eat, drink, or swallow. And so he was fed through a G-tube for the remainder of his life, which was about five years. Mm. And uh, on my 18th birthday, he sits me down and he's talking to me. And at the time, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm there, but I'm not there, if that makes sense. Uh, you know, my body is there, but you know how you can be in a place, in a space, and your mind is just racing. It's it's running a thousand miles an hour. And so I was hearing what he was saying, but I didn't listen. And after about four and a half, five hours, he pats me on the leg. He goes upstairs to his room. And two o'clock that morning, my mom knocks on the door. She's like, hey, I need you to help me get your dad out of bed. He's unresponsive. Oh, and so I go downstairs to his room. I pull him out of the bed, and uh, he's 6'5". He's a big guy, 260 pounds. And uh, we fall on the floor, and he kind of looks at me, 
and then he goes. That was it. Last last memory, last conversation. And so from that point forward, I, I really started to look at life differently, really started to um, look at habits and time different, and really tried to make a concerted effort to value moments um, that are present instead of um, that are either past tense or future tense. And so, um, so often people, they either live in the regrets of the past or the hopes of tomorrow without really leaning into right here, right now. And so when you really think about it, you know, you're thinking about tomorrow right now. You're thinking about yesterday right now. And so all we really have is the present time right here, right now. And so my, uh, my, my life's agenda is to make people aware of the present and to inspire the present with hope. I like to consider myself to be a hope architect, just helping people build hope. And that's what I've dedicated my life to and will spend the rest of my life doing that. You know, as soon as you said you were sitting with your father mm -hmm. and he was talking to you and you were hearing him, but you weren't listening. Yeah. That is such a common yeah. place for all of us to live in especially busy people. Absolutely. You know, I mean, and it just, it, it literally just made me look in a mirror mm. because I also really do try to inspire mm. the experience of life right now. Yeah. You know, because I know that the past is history, man. Absolutely. You cannot, there is not a single human being, living organism ever in existence that we know about that has been able to change anything That's that right. happened. That's right. And we similarly, there's been no proven science <laughs> that anyone's ever been able to do anything in the future. Right. And so I know that we're guaranteed, boom, right here, right now. That's, That's it, it. Like that moment. And everything that happens, happens now. That's it. And, um, and, and I have been practicing so much this uh it just i have to talk about this because you just you just sort of evoke this feeling for me every night i have dinner with my wife and kids mm. at six o'clock yeah. sharp on a on a schedule my wife is european and she's just like wow absolutely like six o'clock yeah. you know make it or break it you're there and we're going without you you yeah. know yeah and so i've made it my duty to be there every night it's a very important thing for me to do however Am I there? Yeah. Is the question I tend to have to ask myself often. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, am I actually there? Am I, my son, my, my older son sits to my left, my younger son sits over there, my wife sits across the table from me. And I could be sitting at that table for 15, 20 minutes, and we could be going through our rosebud and thorn together. Yep. And I am, yep. you know? And so maybe you can just, before we dive into habits, I think it would be really cool to hear your sort of take and philosophy on how to potentially help people fall back into the moment, if there are any techniques. Absolutely. I, and I think it aligns itself with habits. Um, and so habits are um, one of the strongest pulling forces in life. And if you make it a habit to be hyper-aware of your present moment, uh, then you find value in it. And so I'm the same way. I, I, I have this rule, we have this rule in our household. I give my family the best of my time and everything else and everyone else gets the rest of my time. 
And so I have to be very intentional, though, with guarding that. And that becomes a habit. That becomes an intentional decision that I have to make to protect that time with my family so that I'm living with them and not just existing with them. Uh, And so um, when you think about it, we have a number of days with our kids, with our spouse, and we spend a great majority of those things existing and not really living in the moment. And so being hyper aware, and what I mean by hyper aware is uh, being um, intently aware of your surroundings, your um, experiences, your moments. And so if we, if we sit in this room lot on, long enough and we hear music playing in the background, eventually we'll tune the music out. Mm-hmm. And it's not until someone else comes in the room and say, hey, what are you all listening to? that we become hyper aware that we are listening to something. Or when your wife, she's cooking something and you stay around what she's cooking for a period of time, you lose the sensitivity to even resonate with what she's cooking unless your kid comes in and say, mom, what are you cooking? And then you become hyper aware of it. And so I think that if we make being hyper aware of the present a habit, then that habit becomes a lifestyle that's so strong, strongly ingrained in us that it's hard to be swayed from it. And so one of the things that I I strongly believe is that we're born looking like our parents, but we die looking like our decisions and our habits. And so when we have the opportunity to infuse or interject any type of change in our routine or a habit, then it should be more of a reflection of what we desire to do instead of what we need to do. And so, you know, we, we have an opportunity to really make a change, not only in the people that are outside of our homes, but the greatest change I think we can make is to change inside of our home. Mm. That's the greatest investment. Yeah, we, we were born looking like our parents and we die looking like our decisions and our habits. Yeah. I mean, I think that that couldn't be more true. Yeah. And, and I think, it, you know, it could happen way before oh, yeah. death. For sure. Know? And, uh, I mean, the whole way that I came to this existence and have created a business mm-hmm. around habits is because there were years of my life mm-hmm. that I spent making the wrong decisions mm-hmm. that ultimately turned into habits. And actually, a guy you know had on the podcast a little while ago, he said, all habits are hard to break, mm-hmm. good ones and bad ones. Yeah. You know, once they become a habit, That's right. they're, they're hard to break. So you much better have good habits. Absolutely. You know? Uh, my habits almost killed me, and I got really lucky, you know? I shouldn't say I got really lucky. The, the truth is, for me, is I surrendered, mm. you know? I really did. I really surrendered. I didn't think that I was going to be, I didn't think I was going to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't think that there was a, an opportunity for someone that was not, that didn't look and feel like me, Yeah, was going to be able to help me Yeah, at the core of it. And I don't talk about it a lot mm-hmm. because I really do hold it pretty close yeah. because it means it, it, it is everything to me. And I have zero interest in anybody, you know, passing judgment on my faith practice. Yeah. But it really, it did all stem from me surrendering Mm. to that. Yeah. My will got me in a really bad situation way too many times. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. 
And so I got into the habit of every time, and this was like probably, I would say probably the first habit that I really did latch onto was every time I felt like I was um, falling into the trap of my will, mm-hmm. wanting to do what I wanted to do, I was self-aware mm-hmm. and I, I, I would like think about a, a scissor, just snipping it off. Yep. Just be like, boop, let it go. Yep. Pass it off to God. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. let, yo, you don't need to be in control of this. Yeah. You know, like your control got you close to death Absolutely. too many times. Absolutely. It's not until we lose control that we realize we didn't have control in the first place. This podcast is brought to you by, you guessed it, Creatures of Habit. Creatures of Habit is a lifestyle and wellness brand rooted in nutritional wellness and healthy habit making. We have recently made a few changes that I wanted to share with you. The protagonist has taken on a new name and a very exciting new formula. It is now called Meal One. Yes, that's right, a much more appropriate name that tells you exactly what it is and when to have it. Additionally, we have made a few changes to the formula, removing organic maple sugar and stevia, only sweetening now with monk fruit. Meal One is a blend of gluten-free oats, 30 grams of plant-based protein, chia seeds, flax seeds, pumpkin seeds, pink Himalayan salt, omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin D3, a probiotic, and digestive enzymes. It's also gluten-free, non-GMO, vegan, and freaking delicious. Make Meal One a part of your life on a daily basis and watch how one nutritional win inspires winning for the rest of your day. Use promo code KOHPOD20. That's KOHPOD20, the number 20. When you head over to creaturesofhabit.com, that's creaturesofhabit.com with a K. Love you. Appreciate you. Back to the show. What is um? What does your morning routine look like typically? I do something called the first 15 every single morning before my feet hit the ground. I take the first five minutes and I listen just to see what resonates with my heart. Quiet my mind, quiet the the busyness of my thoughts. And then I take the next five minutes and I read something. Most of the time for me, it's a scripture or it's a quote that's by someone that I admire or someone that I I learn from. And then the last five minutes, uh, I sit and I do my daily affirmations. And so I I believe that the way that you start your day is the way that you finish. And so I, I've been blessed to coach and walk with a lot of different people from a do- lot of different spheres that have achieved a certain level of success. And whether it's an athlete or an entertainer, they all have this commonality that they have a morning routine that they will not break no matter where they are in the world, no matter what time zone they're on, no matter what their schedule is, is telling them they have to do, they have a common th- theme. And so when I, I learned that from a mentor, I started to implement it um, because the way you start your day is the way that you will end your day. The strongest thought always overtakes whatever it is that you have prioritized for that day. And so I, I started to schedule my victories because your defeats will schedule themselves. Mm-hmm. And so you have to have this intentional moment every single day where you invest in yourself so that you could give your best to other people. I love that you include affirmations mm-hmm. into your morning routine. And I just actually posted about this because out of all the things that I do on a daily, affirmations are still the most uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm Absolutely. <laughs> like, but it's so interesting because I feel, I, I just feel it's so easy for us to say, oh man, I suck. Yeah. 
God, man, there's no shot. I got no chance. Like, dude, this person is just so much better than me. God, how did I... What could I possibly have done? Like, how could I have possibly made that decision? For sure. So easy. That just rolls off our tongue. Like, yeah. But to say, I am so awesome. Yeah. I am absolutely going to do what I said I was going to do. No shot. There's no one can, nothing can stop me. I am in control. I am focused. I'm powerful. I'm supported. I'm loved. I love. That yeah. does not flow <laughs> I know. as easy. And now it flow. It actually flows for me now. Because I do it every damn day. Absolutely. You know? You have to. So can you talk us through, like, what affirmations look like for you? Yeah. So one of the habits that I had to break in order to kind of grow in my ability to see value in what I had to offer to the world is I had to stop listening to myself more than I talked to myself. And so I talked to myself more than I listened to myself. When you're stuck with your own thoughts, you begin to become your own enemy. Mm -hmm. But when you become an echo of an affirmation that you've read or even, and you'll get this as a man of faith, what you believe God sees and speaks over you, then you're echoing greatness. And anytime you echo greatness, you can't be wrong. Mm -hmm. And so for me, my morning affirmations, they begin with me um, just really declaring who I am. Uh, the first thing I am, I'm a son. Next, I'm a husband. Next, I'm a father. And then the list goes on and on, and it, it, it changes every single day. But um, one of the greatest affirmations that I think we could speak to ourselves is, I'm triumphant. That's a word we don't hear often. Mm. But when you really think about triumph, all triumph is is a little oomph after you try. <laughs> That's it. You, you got to try, right? You I have to that. try and you have to put effort forth. You have to uh, show up every day with the mentality that today is full of opportunity. It's full of blessings. It's full of benefits. And I'm determined to see every one of them. And so those are the affirmations that I kind of speak um, over myself. And, and uh, you know, I got my five-year-old son doing them. You know, so we wake up every morning before he goes to school and he looks in the mirror and he tells himself who he is. Because, you know, if we don't practice greatness, we never achieve it. And the best way for me to, uh, you know, kind of explain it, I'm a huge Animal Planet Discovery Channel buff. I love it. Me too. And, you know, they, they always give like the packs of lions names and, you know, the, the line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They always do that. But, you know, one of the things that they always kind of show is the lion hunting and the lion overtaking his prey. But the lion is born a natural born killer. Mm. He's born that way. But every single day he has to practice what he is already great at. And we're the same way. If we never practice our greatness, we never achieve it. And so if we never affirm or reaffirm the greatness in us, then how will we ever become it? And so, you know, um, one of the things that I, I, I read is this scripture. And uh, it, it's simple, but so profound. It's out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever my heart is full of, my mouth always speaks. So if I'm full of doubt, I'll speak doubt. I can always tell where a person is going in life based upon their conversation. Mm -hmm. 
because our conversations lead our life. The strongest thought leads our life. I am becoming what I am thinking. And so regardless of what I say, I can always tell what's in a person's heart by what's coming out of their mouth. And, and your life always follows your words. You know, I think something about that, that uh, changing the conversation. That's it. Right? Like changing the conversation. And I've had this, con- I've had this dialogue with people because I've, I really do believe so strongly in, um, in the practice of, yeah. of that out loud to myself yep. in my car, typically, uh, affirmation practice. And I've had a lot of people say, well, what if they're not true? What if, like, are you, are you just lying to yourself? Like, are you lying to yourself that, you know, you're going to get through this thing that you're going through or that you want to, uh, you, you're, you are a, a better husband and father even though you feel like you may not be where you're supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Like, are you lying to yourself? And I said, well, am I lying to myself when I tell myself I suck? Exactly. Am I lying to myself when I say I'm a terrible business owner because yeah. I feel like I've failed? Am I lying to myself when, you know, I ate that donut <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and you, know, you know, like, so I, I believe, like, just like you said, you could practice the negative side yeah. of the, the personal conversations, the, the, the self-talk which I think is so comes so much more naturally to people. Yeah. Or you can practice the, the positive side of it intentionally yeah. because you have a compass that wants to point you in that direction. Absolutely. And so we always find what we're looking for. We always find what we're looking for. You think about the difference between a hummingbird and a vulture, right? A hummingbird always finds nectar. A vulture always finds dead things. Mm -hmm. Both of them find what they're looking for. And so in life, we have this opportunity to find what we're looking for. And sure, you may not see what you are declaring and affirming over your life, but words have power. You know, it's a popular terminology now, um, manifesting. You know, manifesting has been popular before it was named manifesting. Mm -hmm. It's called affirmation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, and so we... We have this ability to speak to our current situation and encourage ourselves until we see change. We can't see change until we say change. And so it's an intentional decision that we have to make every single day, regardless of what we see, that our future will be brighter than our present because our present is brighter than our past. Because it's happening right now. That's it. You know, it's it just I like I, I'm so happy in this conversation because I really just it, it is exactly the, the 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 things that I believe to be true because I just know this well I shouldn't say I know but I was listening to uh, a book by Eckhart Tolle mm-hmm. um, I think the Sermon on the Mount I, mm-hmm. I think that's the name of the book and for the first time it dawned on me this is probably like maybe like six years ago or something like that, mm-hmm. where he made it, he, he, there's a sentence in the book that basically said, every single thing that happens in the galaxy mm-hmm. happens right now. Mm-hmm. It all happens right now. Right now. 
And he didn't say, he basically said everything, ha- basically he said everything happens right now. Mm-hmm. And if you're not there for it, it's gone. That's right. It all happens right now. And so the best moments in life are like, like right now, right? right? Now. You, you have the choice for, for that. And so I do believe that like the habits that the decisions that we make, you know, we're, we're hit with how many decisions every day? Thousands, thousands, thousands. Yeah. you're just hit with them. Just like, boom, boom, everywhere you go, boom. I could like stop what I'm doing and say, yo, Jess, what's up? Or not just focus on, you know, yeah. like you could turn left, turn right, grab this, grab that, move that, move this, you know, you know, there's so many decisions that we have to make on a daily basis yeah. and it's not easy. But the truth is, we are given the opportunity to make those decisions. Absolutely. And so when someone says, I can't, what goes through your mind if someone may be mentoring someone or coaching someone? If, if someone tells me that they can't, it's either one or two things. They can't see what's possible. Or, number two, they've never seen anyone else do it. And oftentimes, the things that we are created to do seem impossible because we're supposed to do them. I I don't want to do anything that doesn't change the world. And some of the things that I feel very passionate about, I've never seen before. And so I have to create those things or create those opportunities. And so I've just come to the place in my life where I'm not waiting on opportunities. I'm making them. And when a person says I can't, like one of the most famous words in, in Italy is impossible. Mm. impossible, (laughs) impossible, walking around, ask someone a question, impossible. And it's just because they haven't seen it, you know. But it is possible when you're supposed to be the person that creates it or implements it or makes it better. So all innovation, all um, great inventions stem from a place of pain, all of them. And sometimes it just takes us realizing that what we look at as an impossibility is actually an opportunity for us to create something of value. What does your wind down evening routine look like? I pick up my kid from school and every day that I'm home and uh, we go home. I'll help him with his homework. He normally goes to bed around 830 um, and then we'll watch a show, me and my wife and talk about the day, unpack it. Um, And then when she goes to sleep at 12 o'clock, that's when I'll start writing. And so I won't write, so I've written three books. I won't write a book. I won't put together notes for a talk. I won't do anything while they're awake because they get the best of my time. So when they're asleep, which is around probably 11, 30, 12, that's when I get the work. It's when my brain is most alive. It's the most quiet in my house. It's the most peaceful, it's the most serene. And I go until about two o'clock. And then I'll lay down, go to sleep, pick, get up in the morning, take my son to school. And so that's how I, I have found productivity to be at its pinnacle for me. I know it's a kind of crazy routine and schedule for most people, but I thrive in it. You know, it's interesting. I think um, for years, because I was in the restaurant business for so long, now it's different. I haven't, I, I've stepped out of the restaurant business in the last two and a half years but really, when I think about it, the hours in the day that defined my success business-wise mm-hmm. were from 7.30 to midnight. Yeah. Like, if those hours didn't work out well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm 
in big trouble. Right. You know? Yeah. And now it's very, very different. Mm-hmm. You know, 7.30 to, in a, in a actually very similar in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like the hours that mean the most to me now are from 6 o'clock to 10 o'clock. Yeah. Which is family time. Absolutely. And so I didn't really understand, and it's so interesting. You know, I love that you said, you know, my family gets the best of me and everything else gets the rest of me because I didn't have it. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I really didn't. I, I, I was working at night and mm-hmm. my life was, I mean, there were many happy moments and I was, I was, I was, I was available, yeah. but I missed a lot mm-hmm. of the first five, four years of my son's life mm-hmm. because I was working and I, I was never able to have dinner mm-hmm. um, at home with the family. And so, you know, when you say to me, you know, those two hours late at night are the hours like I, initially I'm like, oh, man, like I'm, I'm, I'm in bed by 930. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but for years, yeah. the most productive hours business wise was was in the restaurants. But I was sacrificing absolutely my family. Yeah. And I'm so, so and, you know, I know everybody's got a different schedule and everybody's got things that they've got to do. And, you know, um, but I would never do that again. Mm-hmm. I would never do it again. Yeah. You know, are there other habits that you have that you, you know, that you implement throughout your day pretty consistently that just help you stay focused, help you stay on the on, on the beam? Yeah, I, I think understanding a good schedule of rest. And when I say rest, I don't necessarily mean sleep, but I mean intentional time when you pull away from the business of life to refill your soul, to refill yourself. Um, One of the biggest misconceptions that entrepreneurs, founders, business leaders, they, they make is they try to grow their businesses without first growing themselves. You cannot grow your business without growing yourself first. You will become the lid to whatever it is that you are passionate about. And so every day, just putting in my schedule time to grow as a leader. And so change is inevitable, but growth is intentional. We're going to change regardless of whether we want to or not. It's life. That's, that's, that's nature. That's, that's the beauty of being alive. But growth is intentional. And so I know when I'm growing, I know when I'm maturing, when my miracles happen more than my mistakes do. I have to incorporate those things. I have to put those on my calendar because if not, we'll get busy, but not productive. Like I do in the morning, I take time just to be quiet, take time just to quiet my mind. You know, I'm responsible for feeding a lot of people. And so, you know, that um, in and of itself, in an unhealthy way, can be overwhelming and just reminding myself that the responsibility um, is distributed across the board to the God I believe in. And, you know, he gave me the passion, he gave me the purpose, he gave me the ideas. um, And so he's responsible for them. And so I pray a lot and I, I like to listen to incredible music from all genres. And so just taking time to feed myself and, you know, for, you know, every person has something that feeds them. Every person has something that fuels them. For me, it's prayer. It's listening to music and it's reading and spending time with my family. Mm. Because, you know, at the end of my life, it won't be the people that listen to me talk at my bed. 
It won't be the people that I've influenced around my bed. It won't be the people that have heard um, or seen me on television that are around my bed. It's going to be my son and my wife. And so my greatest investment is in them. And so I'll cut meetings short to go spend time with them and make no apology about it because it makes me better. And so I can't live my life trying to help thousands of people, potentially millions of people, and forget to serve the two that matter most. It doesn't make sense. So being intentional about that every single day um, so that when uh, my son grows up, you know, he's uh, prioritizing life like he saw me prioritize life. And so one of the greatest misconceptions about life is that there's balance and there should be balance. There is no such thing as balance. But there is such thing as priorities. And so my wife shouldn't get the same balance of time as my businesses or other people. But there is priorities. And so, you know, for him to grow up and say, okay, this is what I saw as a model. And that's how I want to steward my life. That to me is success. That to me is a great day. And uh, that's what it's all about to me. I was talking to someone along the way. She was a... uh hospice Mm -hmm. nurse you know she'd been a hospice nurse for a long time it was a really tough job but she loved it Mm -hmm. because she was she was she was of utmost service Mm -hmm. right and she was a little older she was probably like 60 or something Mm -hmm. and she you know knew I was like kind of this hard charging entrepreneur dude Mm -hmm. and she said I just want to let you know not a single hard charging person on their deathbed that I've encountered Mm -hmm. has ever said, man, they wish they would have worked harder. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) That's humbling. (laughs) And and I was like, she's like, everyone I speak to that's nearing, Mm -hmm. you know, the next chapter, all they want is to be with their family. That's it. All they want is to be with their friends and their family. That's it. And so it just, and I... Even still young in my career, you know, I mean, I've got a long ways to go if I keep doing the right thing. I used to not really think that it was okay to make my family time way more important than the the time at work. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I had the, um, the ability mm-hmm. to say, no, I'm going. Yeah. And I made a decision in in April. You know, I'm I'm the owner of the company, yeah. right? I went through this crazy experience where I, I, f- I felt like I had a lot uh, under control and, and my happiness, you know, and my family time was like really good. And then this guy that was that was sort of walking me through this crazy leadership experience, he said, do you think they care hmm. what you have? Do you think they care how many restaurants you've opened? Do you think they care how much money you have in the bank? Do you think they care about your uh, evening meeting? <laughs> they so don't true. care about any yeah. of that. All they want is you to be there. That's it. All they want is you to be there. And I, and, and I was like, you know, and, and my son, my older son, had been going to karate on Tuesdays at 3 o'clock for a full year. Mm. And I had been like once. Mm. Because in my mind, I'm like, I can't, I can't end my day at 2. Yeah to drive to go to karate and then end my day at two on a Tuesday. Like, how can I do that? Right. And then I said, wait a second. Of course I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I could definitely do that. Yeah. 
and and I think sometimes we tell ourselves these like prefabricated lies of what we can and can't do. Now, that's I'm not it. saying everybody can, you know, if you work a nine to five job yeah. and that like, that's your life, that's your life. And of course, like it's hard. Yeah. But the truth is for me at the, at, like right now I can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it was really eye opening for me to just, you know, believe, just understand that the, the family, that, that stuff is the most important. Absolutely. It is the most important. Absolutely. Because money is not going to buy them back. So true. I, I really, as I grow as, a, as an entrepreneur and as, as, a, as a human, as a husband, as a father, I really, I've been able to now separate and not feel bad mm-hmm. about leaving early. Absolutely. Or coming in later because there's a parent-teacher conference that my wife had been going to by herself for the last four years. And yeah. I'm just like, wait a second. Yeah. Like, I should be there. Way more important than being here. Mm-hmm. This is going to be okay. That, I might miss something really special. Absolutely. This podcast is brought to you by, you guessed it, Creatures of Habit. Creatures of Habit is a lifestyle and wellness brand rooted in nutritional wellness and healthy habit making. We have recently made a few changes that I need to share with you. The protagonist has now taken on a new name and a very, very exciting new formula. It is now called Meal One. That's right. It is called Meal One, a much more appropriate name that tells you exactly what it is and when to use it. Additionally, we have made a few changes to the formula, removing the organic maple sugar and the stevia, now only sweetening with monk fruit. Thanks to all of your feedback. Meal One is a blend of gluten-free oats, 30 grams of plant-based protein, chia, flax, and pumpkin seeds, pink Himalayan salt, omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin D3, and probiotic and digestive enzymes. You can make it overnight, which we highly recommend, with almond milk, or you can make it hot or throw it in the microwave. It's gluten-free, non-GMO, and vegan. It is absolutely delicious. Make Meal One a part of your life on a daily basis and watch how one nutritional win in the beginning of your day inspires winning for or the rest of your day. Use promo code KOHPOD20. That's KOHPOD20, the number 20, when you head over to creaturesofhabit.com. That's creaturesofhabit.com with a K. Love you. Appreciate you. Back to the show. Is there any habits that you've broken? Good and bad. One of the bad habits that I've broken um, is to stop thinking I would fail at something before I even try. And so when you really think about what anxiety is, uh, for most people, is experiencing failure in advance. You think you're going to fail before you start it. And so if my mind or my habits start to take me down a road where I am experiencing failure over an idea or over a thought or over a desire, then I immediately stop and say, okay, you got to do it anyway. Because that that habit, that idea, that um, thought can control the outcome of something that could be very special if you were to move beyond that initial thought. And so that's one of the things that I, that I had to break as a bad habit. Uh, a good habit uh, that I've had to break. Um, and so once a month, I'll fast something. Something I like, something I desire, um, something that I enjoy uh, leading up to the beginning of November, there was no sweets, no bread, nothing for three months. Just because I like to allow my body to know that I am in control of it, it is not in control of me. And so 
Every single month, there's something different that I will purposely fast, push back from, don't engage, don't use, don't consume, to continually keep this house that I live in under authority. And so that's the, that's the good stuff. I mean, I love, I love a good meal. I love great fresh bread. But sometimes your body begins to lead you and you become really a parasite to something that's moving instead of you dictating and determining the outcome of what it does. I think that's so powerful. That is such a good, uh, it's such a good practice to be able to make a decision yep. and just stick to it. Absolutely. <laughs> and be able to, to, to prove to yourself that you have the ability to be a person of your word, right? Yep. And, uh, and not for anyone else. Nope. You know, like, I'm, that's been, I, I mean, I, I would say that that's been my, the key to my six, not the, maybe not the key, but it's certainly a pillar of my happiness mm -hmm. is my knowledge of the fact that if I say something through historically, mm -hmm. I have been able to stick to it and do it. Absolutely. You know, and I think... So maybe you can just give a little advice because I think that's a really good thing for people to hear. Like, if, are there any are there any tactics that you use to help you perform that abstinence from things? Yeah. So I look at really three things. Number one, my ambitions, my anxieties, my activities, and if. There are areas in one of those three buckets that consume time in an unhealthy way, then I'll cut it and practice restraint. So I define restraint as having the ability to do something and choosing not to. And when I have restraint or I have personal discipline in an area, uh, I am telling myself that that thing or that dessert or that television show does not have control over me. I have control over it. And so everyone has something that's competing for control of your time, of your diet, of your habits. Everybody has that. We just have to determine and really um, pull to the surface what that is so that we can extract it and remind ourselves that that is not in control of me. And so every month I choose something different and um, you know, it's a, it's a healthy habit to um, implement so that you know who's the boss. <laughs> it reminds me, so I spent years competing as a, I mean, I've competed in a bunch of different things athletically, mm -hmm. but the last thing I was competing in was men's physique bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. And so I spent four years, um, you know, it was like my, it, it was really a passion of mine, just fitness in general, but I really latched onto this because it it, it 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 was that like you know polarized to the max. Yeah. I mean, you know, I had to have discipline and control that like I didn't even think I was capable of, mm -hmm. you know, and uh and 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 you know, it was probably not the right move because it was selfish and you know, like I was you know, I was the guy with the Tupperware everywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we go to a fancy restaurant right. and be like prep. <laughs> 
you know? And so, uh, so, you know, I'm happy that that part of my life is over. It was, it was, I enjoyed it, but you know, it was, it was definitely a very extreme way of living. Yeah. But you know, the, the tools that I would use there, um, really, I think were inspired by uh, positive self-talk, mm-hmm. you know, like you just said, the hardest thing for me, and I have, uh, I, I feel like, you know, as a, as a leader in business, um, I've, I've you you have to have empathy, yeah. right? Or you're done. Right? Absolutely. Like people are just going to steal from you and they're going to sure. screw you over every opportunity they get. 100%. And so my empathy has grown and grown and grown over the years. And I feel like I'm an empathic person. Like, I think that that's probably what leads me today, the, the, the empathy um, in general. But I, I feel like that, that question that I asked you earlier about the I can'ts, right? Mm-hmm. I do believe that's what separates success and failure in an activity. Yeah. That conversation that you have with that thing. Mm-hmm. I control you. That's right. You do not control me. Absolutely. And, and, and I think that that could be applied to anything because... Like that is the that is truly the the navigation of life, right? Yeah. Like whether you are in control of that decision or that decision is in control of you. One hundred percent. And if that decision is in control of you, you're always gonna end up in the same place. Yeah. You know where it takes you. Absolutely. Right? Whether it's walking or taking the bus, mm-hmm. whether it's taking the stairs or taking the elevator, mm-hmm. whether it's the donut or the apple, yeah. whether it's you know, <laughs> Waking up or pressing snooze. Right. Whether it's telling your boss to F off or biting your tongue. Right. You know, all those things. It's like we, I think the message that is so important to get through that I'm so passionate about getting through in this podcast is that we actually, we actually can do whatever we want. Absolutely. Actually. Yeah. And I I think one of the words that we run from is self-discipline. But it's in the confinement of self-discipline that we thrive. Everyone needs an out-of-bounds line. I mean, think about it. Can you imagine what a football game would be like with no (laughs) out-of-bounds? What a basketball game would look like if there was no out-of-bounds, if there there were no boundaries that would confine players in this particular field or court. Our lives are the same way. And when we lack self-discipline, uh, we miss out on opportunities to experience and extract greatness out of um, our lives. And so in culture today, in society, you see a ton of people without self-discipline that are running through the mundane rat race of life. And at any given moment, you can make a decision I'm going to put in the discipline and the consistency because consistency compounds. You may not see it happen overnight, but consistency compounds. It will produce fruit, but you got to be disciplined enough to stay uh, faithful and and loyal to what you feel is important in your life. And we don't, we don't do that. How, how can we inspire people to take the first step into that discipline? It's a decision, conscious decision um, that people have to make. And one of the greatest ways that I think people can be inspired is to have a picture of what it is that you are moving your life towards. Keep it in front of you. Put a target up. A person that has no goal, that has no target, is a person that believes they've already achieved the picture or the success that they desire to. And that's simply not true. 
If we don't see it, we can never become it. And so we have to keep it in front of us. We have to keep it uh, tangible. We have to keep it visible so that we know that's the target. That's the direction I'm moving my life towards. And I'm willing to put in the work and implement self-discipline to get there. And so that's an easy, applicable step that we all can do. Have a picture. Put it up. Put it on the refrigerator. Put it up in your car. Put it up on the mirror when you're brushing your teeth in the morning. See where it is that your life is going. This is why our life moves at the speed of our self-discipline. You you mentioned something earlier, um, manifestation. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I've actually I've actually stepped off of my manifestation stuff for a little bit mm-hmm. uh, just because I was doing this manifestation meditation for probably six months to six to eight months. Um, and that picture that you talk about, you know, it, it's so interesting. I close my I, if I close my eyes right now, I see the whole entire thing. Yeah. And I, I know I mean, I've gone as far as um my manifestation is just a home for my family. Mm-hmm. Nothing like crazy, mm-hmm. but it really is just a, I, it, it, the manifestation starts with me sitting on a chair on a porch, looking out over this big open field with a pond and a pool. And then, um, and then I'll, you know, over here is just these long glass walls. Um, and I've walked through the whole house and, you know, I know where everything is. Um, <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. It's wild that you can um, you can actually build these um, plans. Yeah. You know, uh, it's really kind of crazy. And and it's it, and as I've gone through it, my my mind has sort of developed these. Um, like as I've gone through the house uh, and seen my, fa- you know, I go, I walk in, <laughs> I walk into the house, I see my family by the by a fireplace. It's always there. I know, what it, and I've built these things over time, yeah. and they haven't moved. And um, it's pretty amazing what the mind can do. It is. Um, and so I, I, you know, and I don't think that is taking me out of the present moment. No. Nope. I think it's giving me some motivation plus action, discipline, is the only way to get from want to have. Yeah. There's only one way. You cannot get to have without do. Absolutely. You can want all day. You can want all day. All night, tomorrow, you can want for the rest of your life. Yeah, for sure. But if you don't do anything about it, and part of that for me is sort of like painting that picture, right? And that like manifestation thing where I can kind of see it. Yeah. What... um, you know, I, I always finish the podcast with a question uh, that I ask every guest, and you, you kind of alluded to it in, in the beginning in the intro. You've built an unbelievable um, community, hmm. right? You've got how many how many churches now? Nineteen locations. Nineteen locations, um, and how many how many people? Attend. We probably have about thirty-seven thousand that track with us every single week. Wow! So you're impacting, I would imagine, thirty-seven thousand people's lives plus 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 their families and friends and all that. Mm-hmm. Why do you do it? Well, I do it because I believe that everyone needs hope. Everyone needs inspiration to become better. Um, versions of themselves. 
And um, if we're stuck with our own devices and our own habits, then we live a life beneath the bar that I believe God wants for us. But if we um, can just grab a vision of what's possible um, when we put our, our lives in the hands of the person that made us so unique and so creative, uh, then our lives get better because of it. And so I do it to point people uh, to Jesus because I believe that he makes people's lives better. I don't force it on people. I don't, I don't uh, scream at people. Uh, you know, I'm not a, a corner preacher, but uh, I desire to inspire people to become the best versions of themselves. And we can't do that in our own ability and in our own power. So just keeping a mirror in front of people and say, hey, this is who you are, but this is who you're becoming. And that's my greatest desire. So we can only become what we see. And my job is to help people see. Like you, you close your eyes, you can see the house, you can see the pond, you can see the pool, you can see those things. And so you can never achieve what you cannot see. And the greatest example of that is taken from one of the greatest movies of all time. And that's Lion King. So remember when Mufasa takes Simba on top of the mountain and he says, Simba, as far as you can see, <laughs> the kingdom is yours. <laughs> but what he was doing, he was getting Simba to stretch his vision. Hmm. So sight is the ability to see, but vision is the ability to see what's possible. And so my desire is to help people see what's possible if they simply believe. Mm. Man. What a podcast. Holy mackerel, dude. I really appreciate you appreciate coming on you. the show, man. Um, I like, I feel this was incredibly cathartic for me. Ah, uh, uh, man. Honor. For real. And um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to know you and, and what you've done. How can we, uh, how can the listeners follow along your journey? Yeah, you can follow along at timtimberlake.tv or ttimberlake on Instagram, timtimberlake on Twitter. And you'll find me there. Awesome. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Creatures of Habit podcast. This one, a real good one. It would mean the world if you pass this off to friends and family. Anybody who listens to this episode of the podcast is going to uh, appreciate it and get some serious value. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Until the next one, y'all. Peace. And there you have it, folks. I hope we delivered some valuable content for you to implement into your life on a daily basis. Please remember that our habits have the power to make us or break us. Replacing bad habits with great ones is the answer to living a life of happiness, optimism, and high performance. We are capable of achieving anything. We all have what it takes to give it all we've got. Commit to one great habit each day and truly commit and watch how everything in your life starts evolving from good to great. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a five-star rating and a nice review that will help us grow this podcast, bring on more amazing guests, and continue to deliver invaluable content on a weekly basis. Lastly, please share this podcast with any friends or family that you think might appreciate it. And always remember, want plus do equals have.
Until the next one, fam. Peace.